thank you for coming on. I am super grateful. I've been watching you. Um, for Aww. those that don't know who I am, my name is Jesse. I started doing these Let's Talk chats to be able to give people in different business um, stages or different types of businesses an opportunity to hear about the things that you experience, your growth, and just also to talk about what you do because I find that it's typically geared towards one or the other. Um, like, oh, I'm a creative or I'm this. And then so people don't get to hear overall conversations. And I have Miss Tierra Nicole that's here. And I, you're a blogger, you're a speaker, author. Um, and I just would love for you to share a little bit about your story if you don't mind. Absolutely. So first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me to be here today. Um, I definitely resonate with your sentiment. We have a lot of really creative people who do some amazing things in this world, but don't have the business. It's like you kind of need both. Um, So I am a motivational speaker. I am also a published author, three-time published author. um, And I am also a business coach for that very reason. So I help creatives create that sustainable future um, by putting systems in place and processes in place. Um, Regardless of what your creative gifting is, there are certain things you need to have in order to grow sustainably. Because what happens is you can manage it while you're one to two customers, you know, things like that. But the moment you blow up because you're really dope, It crumbles because you don't have those systems in place. So I help my uh, clients with that creating that business structure. I personally have been in business for about four years. Um, I just recently celebrated four years in business. So exciting. Um, I've been a full-time entrepreneur for almost uh, almost one year. So I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary for that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm honored to be able to do what I do on a personal level. Um, I'm a member of Sigma Gamma Rose Sorority Incorporated. Um, I coach competitive cheerleading, so obviously I just love being a coach. Yeah. Do you still do that? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Yes. We're getting ready for our next season, so I'm super excited about that. Um, Unfortunately, COVID came in the middle of competition season, and anyone that knows competitive cheerleading, you know competition season is life. (laughs) So we've been struggling, but we're about to get back in the gym um, with Charlotte Ultimate Cheer. That's who I'm coaching for now. Um, I'm an auntie of eight, (laughs) so they keep us busy. We have uh, the oldest is eight. The youngest is two. So that's a lot in one little one little grouping. Um, I'm a big sister to a a fabulous creative. Uh, Her name is Talon. Hey, girl. Um, She's not so little anymore. She's in college now, but... Um, and then I am an angel mom as well. So I, in 2016, I miscarried twins. Um, so Christopher and Christian are very much a part of my heart, a part of my why, a part of what pushes me to the next level. So that's who I am in a nutshell, professionally, personally, all that fun stuff. Well, I mean, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And one thing I always like to hear from people, um, like you said that you've been in business for like four years. Was there some? Like, have you always wanted to have your own business or like what got you to the point of even getting started? 
I always knew I was going to be in business, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but a lot of that comes from the reality that um, my mom has had her business for 20 years, has been full-time entrepreneur for 15. Um, she's an accountant and now owns the Jackson Hewitt franchise. Um, my dad's dad used to be a motivational speaker. My mom's mom is a writer. Um, my dad's uncle and aunt will, um, are also massage envy owners and they own like four different massage envies. Um, my dad's sister is a hairdresser, which everyone knows that's a business. So when I really think about my DNA, it was in my blood to become an entrepreneur. I just had to figure out why, (laughs) or or not only the why, but the what, um, and what was my God-given purpose for my life? And although losing the twins was one of the hardest things for me to get through, one of the things that came from that was discovering my purpose. And so from that lens, um, I'm grateful. I'm going to be honest. If I had to pick, I would pick my babies, but I wasn't given a choice. Um, So knowing my God-given purpose and knowing why he put me on this earth um, is a heck of a consolation prize. Yeah, I agree. And like, I think that it, I like the fact that you mentioned that you saw different people in your family that have had businesses. I do feel like I, when people hear like you're the, um, some of the five people that are around you, mm-hmm. I think that also plays a part in like entrepreneurship yeah. and going out there. Not that it has to be solely, but the thing is, is that when you see, especially long-term entrepreneurs go for the ups and downs, yeah. you're not romanticized with exactly. it. Exactly. And so it kind of, you can go in almost with a real outlook on yeah. it because sometimes people will like, oh, I have this idea and oh, I did it for a month. It doesn't work and I'm a failure. Like, and I, I agree. So being raised by a single mother of two and watching her be a full-time entrepreneur, especially when her business is seasonal, right? Like people get their taxes done from January to April. That's it. So to see her be a godfident entrepreneur um, has definitely influenced how I run things as a as a business owner. Um, I'm grateful to not have a seasonal business. I'll be honest. I, I don't know if I got that kind of patience, but um, but just to know, and, and the irony of it is, so her money comes at the beginning of the year, but then her birthday is in August. My sister's in September. My birthday is in October. Then you have Christmas all happening before her peak season. And so I'm just like, how did you? uh, (laughs) Um, But you're right. It does go to creating that, um, that transparency and understanding. It's not, it's not going to be easy, but it's worth it. Yes. A hundred percent. And like, even for myself, my mom, she was a teacher, um, but she also owned, a daycare center that's still mm-hmm. open. She had started it when my parents got divorced. So when she finally sold it, it was 18 years in operation. Nice. Um, she had a um, temp agency, but when the recession had hit, unfortunately that had closed. Mm-hmm. And so I've always, like even my grandmothers on both sides, I just thought they retired, but reality is they have this, you know, like you're just like, oh, I'm just always with my grandparents. You're not even present to the fact that it's because of the lifestyle or the sacrifices that they may have made when before I was born mm-hmm. to really understand like they set up that strong foundation. So like I think that by seeing people go through that journey, it does help because right now 
you can see information about, oh, make six figures in 30 days and all of these things. That yeah. And I think one of stick with the journey. Yeah, and I think one of the other benefits too to being surrounded by people, um, not only in my family, but like my personal circle too, right? You have people who can talk you off the ledge. Uh hopefully that's a metaphorical statement, but you have people who see the vision and and understand entrepreneurship enough to be able to say, I know it's scary, but you still have to do it. Yeah. I know this is a little shaky right now, but it's going to get better. Um, and yeah. those are the people you want to surround yourself with. And even if you weren't born into a family of entrepreneurs, that's okay. But you can yeah. create a family of entrepreneurs around you. I have so many business besties and people where I can just check in and be like, today is not a good day. I'm not okay today. <laughs> um, and they're like, girl, me too. Woo. I'm glad I'm not the only one. But it, there's something about knowing you're not alone. Yes, I agree. And, like, it's important even, like, throughout the journey of entrepreneurship is to continuously evaluate that circle as well. Because, like, you don't want it to be that you're the only, the only one that might be growing. Yeah. It might have been good for the initial, like, brainstorming sessions to talk to them because y'all were all on the trenches together. Mm-hmm. And they may just not be getting the traction that you might have been getting. So, like, you're trying to figure out what to do next. Um, so that's why they should. And we can also talk about the coaching because either you need to have a coach um, because it saves you time. But then also learning about getting into the right circles as well. Yes. Um, I believe everyone needs a coach. I have a coach that I pay um, and have um, I've had different coaches over time. But I believe everyone needs a coach because you don't know what you don't know. And yes, you can Google. Yes, you can YouTube. Yes, you can do all of the things. But why not save, like, if I handed you a roadmap or a GPS, you would pick a GPS because it's quicker, it's easier, and you have somebody who is giving you step-by-step direction. Yes. Yeah, the map will get you there, but it's going to take longer, and it's going to take time, and it's going to waste a lot of money because you're learning lessons the hard way, as opposed to hiring a coach who has already been there. Yeah. And no, like, when I talk to my clients... I'm telling you stuff that I do to the day. And I will even go through things that I tried this, didn't like that, but I'll tell you why, you know, and the lessons that I learned from those experiences. And a lot of what I do to this day is from what my first coach taught me. You know what I mean? So it's really just about giving back. But at the end of the day, I have four years worth of experience that comes with the price. But I promise you that price is worth it. is very important and like tonight I'm actually going to be doing a free webinar and it's going to be it's called the power of collaborative partnerships and it's talking about how businesses can outsource or align with other businesses to head in the right direction Mm -hmm. to actually grow um and even with doing that it's like people don't if your circle is always trying or if you only think that you have to hoard everything because you're you, ha- you don't know anybody in your circle that one has an intern, maybe an admin or any other resource, then they burn themselves out because mm-hmm. they just don't know. And someone that's been in the business longer won't even know that you don't know right. to do certain things. So, like, it's, it does save time because even myself at times, I kind of can find myself in that 
vortex, like, oh, let me go on YouTube and try to find this information. Eventually, I'm like, yo, I just want to pay someone to do this. Like, this is not, but time is money. And that's very important to know. Absolutely. In business and in life, really, you're going to spend your time or your money. Now, there's no judgment in whichever decision you make, but just understand you have to spend one or the other. Yeah. And if time is limited for you, you might want to find it in your budget. <laughs> you might yeah. want to. Uh, but now, so now that I'm a full-time entrepreneur, I'm finding myself with more time and the the discretionary money is maybe not as, as, as available than when I was making good money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where like, I'm learning to do more things in my business. I'm learning to create flyers and things like that because I have the time to be creative about it. But for the yeah. first three years of my business, I was side hustling. I was yeah. contracting out. I was making sure that um, things got done and viewed myself as a manager of the business and not the worker in the business. Um, yeah. Now that I'm transitioned into full-time entrepreneurship, I'm more likely to be able to do a lot of the busy work because I have the time now. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. As soon as I have the money to pay somebody else, it's coming. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you just have to realize, like, am I paying with this item? Will I pay with my time or my money? And whatever that decision is, rock with it. Yeah. And then also being clear about it. Like, for me, um, I'm an event planner mm-hmm. um, for apartments. So, like, with this season, of course, we have COVID. We have, I mean, like, regular events just isn't a thing. So I pretty much have to throw a lot of money at figuring out a new avenue. Not a new avenue, but how to read how to what I do. Um, and hiring the people that can help turn it around. And I think when what can happen, too, is that people don't understand, like, okay, I need to have, like, a coach where, especially when you have a short window of time, mm-hmm. to actually break through. Mm-hmm. Because certain brands, certain products and services are, like, a season. Like, if someone's like, you know what, I want to open up my own accounting firm, but I'm going to figure it out, right? Yeah. In January. Mm, not the right time. You, need to, you can start to- in January for next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're going to have to, like, know your windows. you got to know your timing. You have to know all of that kind of stuff. And one of the things I do appreciate that you just shared was the fact that um, for the first three years, you did this as a side business. And I think that that's important for people to know. When I've, I've been in business now for eight years, I kind of YOLO'd it, but I always tell people, if you don't have to, don't. Don't. Like, <laughs> don't. Like, don't. It's not fun. It. <laughs> For sure. And the the reality is you have to know, one, your risk tolerance and um, what your personal situation is. So if you're in a two-income household, you have a little bit more grace to be able to be like, all right, I'm going to go ahead, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, but also recognizing that you got to know what you're doing. So my first two years in business, I didn't make no money. My events were free. I was doing free speaking engagements, doing free coaching. All, because you have to figure out your process and you have to figure out your proof of concept, yeah. honestly. So if you can't afford to not make a penny for the first year or so, 
maybe that ain't for you. Um, but the reality is, so my second and third year in business, I was very adamant that I was going to be a full-time entrepreneur. I ain't know when, but I, but that was my focus. I was like, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I remember the first session I had when I hired a coach. I said, listen, my goal is full-time entrepreneurship. Now let's make this happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now let's get to work. And, yeah. it, and it took two years from that point to get to full-time entrepreneurship. But knowing what the goal was, knowing what the end result was, that yeah. made a difference. And I think that sped up my timeline because every penny – went towards the business. Every decision went towards the the vantage point of this is what I want to get to. Um, as opposed to, I'm just here in the business world because yeah. business is cute. Um, yeah. Business ain't cute. I'm going to be honest. It's just not cute. But knowing what you want, because not everybody with the business wants to be a full-time entrepreneur. And that's okay, yeah. too. Yeah. I knew what yeah. I wanted for my life. And I knew um, as a single adult female... I'm responsible for my livelihood. So I got to make sure that when I do make that decision, that I'm making that decision with intentionality because um, I have gone into full-time entrepreneurship in a past life um, as a real estate agent and had to go back a couple of times. So when I made this decision, I said, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it. And if that means I need to stay a little longer um, at my, you know, my regular job and hustle a little bit harder and all of the things. Um, but I left that job with six months saved up and even that wasn't enough. I was like, whoo, whoo, whoo. Um, but here we are almost a year later and I'm like, that's nothing but God. I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. So if God ain't tell you to leave, don't leave, baby. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, even for myself, I had to pray and just like, okay, because when I left, I, hold on, what, how old am I now? I am 39 years old now, so I was just 30 years old when I left, and I was like, okay, and I left because in my head, is like, I'm struggling to make it to my 10-year work anniversary. How am I going to make it to 25? Like, I, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I was five, six years into this retirement path, and yeah. I just couldn't fathom how I was going to make it through. Um, and so it was important for, for me to make sure that I had prayed. I stayed confident in God's direction and understanding that you're not just doing things because you're wanting to do things, right. but doing things because um, it's something that is being put on your heart by God that you're actually walking in that path to yes. fulfill. Yes, yes, yes. So when we went into January 2019, um, I felt very clearly in my heart out that 2019 was my last year as a W-2 employee. I thought that meant December 31st, 2019. <laughs> I would have been okay with that. Um, but then I had a really, really cool opportunity to um, create a Design Your Life program for Baltimore City youth. Um, and it was a six-week program. And I was like, I know they're not going to give me the six weeks. Okay. And I remember when I got the offer letter, um, and this is how I knew it was God too. So the six weeks would have been the exact same pay as my six, like three different paychecks. Wow. And I was like, 
Okay. Then on top of that, the timing of it ended up being right after my annual uh, anniversary. So that means my PTO restarted. And I was like, huh. Okay. But I remember when I got the offer letter from the opportunity and I was like, I lit- I very clearly heard, clearly heard God say, now how you going at? And I was like, I mean, obviously I'm going to take it, but... Um, and then the irony behind it all is my job, when I decided to leave, my job was like, but we can just give you the six weeks off. And I was like, listen, at this point, I done already made the decision. I'm leaving. Let me go. Please just burn the boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to be clear that it's God. I I will say that for sure. And then understand that you're going to always, there's going to be some, uh, they call it a lower hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. That we will sacrifice or yeah we will unknowingly sacrifice our our goal and our dream for something that's like that immediate yeah kind of um yeah an immediate result compared to understanding like okay if I do this long term yeah that this is what's going to be so like even for you when you were mentioning that um for the first two years you were like figuring out your process for the first two years you're trying to figure out just get more comp I, I would say like with public speaking in general, it's like finding your flow, finding your confidence, um, for lack of better wording, mm-hmm. when it comes to talking in front of people so that you sound as authentic to yeah. what you want to connect as well as authentic to you. Because yeah. we can repeat how someone else talks and it can connect with people, but then you'll go home, you'll feel dirty. Like, uh, <laughs> Yep, for sure. And and that's part of that, that process in... If you don't know that you're producing results, please don't take the leap yet. Because at the end of the day, when you get into full-time entrepreneurship, it's scary as is. And you will burn yourself, like, you will burn yourself out trying to take any project that has a price tag on it. All money is not good money. Yeah. I was doing a consulting job uh, for a, a company, um, and I had to quit that after like two, three months. I was like, "Listen, you want me to be full time available? Not even full time availability. You wanted to be able to call me at any hour, whenever you felt like it." And I said, "Even when I was full time employed, making good money, that wasn't the case. They can't call me when I'm off. I'm sorry. Like it, it's just not gonna work. Um, and you have to be." But when you're in a space of desperation, you can't walk away from money. Yes, true. But So that's why I'm saying, like, until you know the value you have in this world as a business, just just keep figuring it out. And there's no shame in side hustling. If you hate your job that badly, just find a better job. And that's okay, too. That's okay. And, and that's key. And, like, just find, like, and I think because sometimes we're not willing, like, willing to sacrifice that. And I don't think that people can be really present to that, you know, because you can, I mean, you can waitress if you wanted to, right. just to be able to have, you know, like every, whatever someone wants to do, you can temp. Like at some point, especially in the beginning, I was on the temp list yeah. because it, I was like, I don't want a full-time job. And they were like, oh, that's even better because we, we can get you in real quick. <laughs> They're like, because we don't need them. We have so many people that want to work full time. You're cool going in for two, three days. I'm like, yep. And and just having myself on the roster to fill in. like, But that's part of the sacrifice and not feeling as if you're better than. And 
that yeah. to get what you really are wanting to accomplish. Absolutely. And in today's society, like there's so many things you could do to, to side hustle. Um, you can Uber, you can Lyft, you can do Uber Eats, you can do Airbnb, you can go yeah. be a, a bartender, you can go be a waitress. Like there's so many short term things you could do to make money just to make yeah. the ends meet in the beginning. Do what you got to do. Right. But also understand that if you're going to go into full time entrepreneurship, you have to have those systems in place so that you can grow. Yes. Because clients can tell when you ain't got a system in place. I'll give you an example. Um, I ordered a can. So there's a, a 13 year old CEO. OK, she'll put us all to shame. Um, her, her Instagram handle is at candles by Kiera candles with a K um, okay. candles by Kiera and so I interviewed her on my podcast, and I was like, yo, this little girl is dope, right? So I literally, as soon as we got off the interview, I went and ordered a candle. Within an hour, I got an email saying, your candle's on the way. Wow. I was like, okay, then put us all to shame. And it wasn't <laughs> even just a generic email. It had the tracking information and all that. I was like, baby girl is on it. But that's what I mean about systems, right? Your customers can tell. And the reverse side of that, I, um, I'm i real big on supporting Black-owned businesses because if I'm going to spend my money, I might as well keep it in the community. Yeah. So I went to Christmas time. Oh, no, my, my niece and nephew have a birthday. They're a year and a week apart. Okay. So at the end of October and early November, I had their birthdays. And I said, you know what? I'm going to support this children's book um, publisher that I know. Um, you know, I was like, okay, I met her at a vending opportunity and she sold children's books with people for people, for black people. I was like, okay. So I ordered the book. And when I tell you, so I ordered it October 11th. Cause I ordered it on my birthday, which I was like, go figure. I would spend my money on my niece and nephew on my birthday, but okay. Um, so I ordered it on October 11th and shipped it directly to, you know, their house. My nephew's birthday is October 27th. 28th. I'm sorry. The twins is the 27th. So my nephew's birthday is the 28th. My niece's birthday is November 3rd. Both their birthdays passed. And here it is mid-November. And I'm sending multiple emails to the organization saying, where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? I sent three different emails, all of which that got ignored. And then after the third email, I got your orders on the way email from her website. Your customers can tell if you have systems in place. I promise you. Now, that didn't stop me from supporting Black-owned businesses. Let's not do that, right? Yeah. But that Black-owned business will never get another penny from me. Yeah. Because, like, just, just first of all, you can't even reply to my email. So, clearly, you got my email because now my order is finally being shipped. You yeah. can't even send a, I apologize. It's on the way. What kind of... Yeah, it's true. And so, like, systems is definitely a big part. Um, being that you do help coach people, what's some a common challenge that people come to you with or did you see maybe underlying um, in, in the need when they come to you? So a lot of times um, my clients struggle with the personal piece and we minimize how important it is to make sure that you're a good foundation, um, especially because in the beginning years of your business, you are your business. 
And if you don't have time management and you don't have structure and you don't have organization in your personal life, it will flow into the business. So um, definitely time management is huge, but also self-care because a lot of times we we like to spill this rhetoric of I'll sleep when I die and I work 25-8 and all these other things. You will burn yourself to the ground trying to do that. And the reality is, I like to say, stop trying to outwork Jesus, <laughs> because <laughs> because the reality is, if God created the earth in six days and on the seventh He rested, that wasn't because He needed to. He could have just yeah. went back to heaven and moved on. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think He did that, and even Jesus took rest um, when He was walking the earth. So at the end of the day, if the God who created the earth and Jesus, who is God in human form, took breaks, took rest, observed the Sabbath. Who are you to try to outwork Jesus? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But time and time again, we try to do it as if that's a way to go about it. But the more you take at least one day. So work six days. Cool. Take one day to do nothing out of obligation. You can still work on your business, but do the fun stuff. Not the stuff you have to do, but the stuff you want to do that you're excited about, the creative stuff, right? But give yourself the opportunity to rest. And that allows you to be more productive those other six days. But, and I've seen it. Like, I'll use my mom an example. She's an entrepreneur, right? But during tax season, she's working seven days a week, seven days a week, seven days. I'm like, you have to take a break. You have to take a break. But I have so much work to do. And I'm like, you would have more energy in those six days if you just gave yourself one, yeah, just one, it'll be okay if you take a Sunday off. I promise. The world will not end. Their taxes will get done. But you have more energy to keep going, to keep work. I work really hard six days a week. But on Sundays, baby, my feet be kicked <laughs> up, okay? <laughs> Listen. But even for myself, like, um, it's probably been about a good solid two years that I've had to put um, restrictions mm-hmm. because I was I, I really haven't subscribed to the fact that because I'm self-employed that you should be able to reach me all times. <laughs> nope. um, I realized I was having a harder time sleeping. I was having anxiety issues. I was always stressed. Like, just feeling myself, like, I got to be somewhere. I got to do something. I'm not doing enough. And all of that is just, like, self-deprimation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, my phone, it's on silent. Mm-hmm. I have no notifications. I have no ringtone. Yep. It just sucks when I lose my phone. But, you know, I'm like, hey, this is fun. I can't even call it. You know? Like, yep. that's, that's the only thing with that. But it helps because I realized in the middle of the night I was waking up. To to because I heard the phone vibrate mm-hmm. or because I heard it make the noise yep. and then at that point you're always I, I was feeling as if I was programming myself mm-hmm. and it was like why would I want if I am stressed out in my thought process is like if this is not even where I'm wanting to be within my brand yeah and I feel stressed yeah what what happens when it gets there. I was like, no, we we better get this checked like now because it was just like that was an eye opener when I had that revelation because it wasn't it's just not worth it because 
it's something that burnout isn't something that's discussed. Yeah. And those that make it look very, and I don't know if you ever know on my page, I talk about mental health because that yeah, is something. Yeah, it's important. Yes, yeah, very important, especially as entrepreneurs, because we are in this world where it makes, like, oh, hustle hard, hustle you die, da da da. Wake up at four o'clock in the morning, you try it, then you feel like you need to take a nap by 10. Like, I just. Yep. And so. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up two different points too. So one, boundaries are healthy. And if you just simply communicate those boundaries up front, people will respect it. But if they don't know they're violating your boundaries, it, it becomes an issue for you only because they're good. Yeah. They're okay. So... You know, as far as I'm concerned, my phone goes on do not disturb at 10 p.m. and doesn't come off until 8 a.m. Now, am I asleep all that time? No. I'm probably asleep by 10. I'll be honest about that one. But in the morning, my first two hours are for me and God. And that's it. I don't care about your email. I don't care about your text message. I don't care about your direct message. All of that can wait. And I don't have any notifications on my phone for any social media platform or my email. I'll check in when I get there. And I have I not had any problems. I don't even have email on my cell phone anymore. I used to, but then I was I wasn't disciplined. Mm. So I was like, because I live in Louisiana right now, um, and I go between here and Dallas a lot, and I was finding myself emailing and doing work. And that's mm. a three-hour drive because I'll be seeing all these, you know, not notifications, but I would see the number when I would, like, look at the phone. Oh, I take that I'm off, like, too. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And it's so mm-hmm. because I wasn't disciplined, it's like, no, let me take it off. I tell people, and and I do have an auto office that has a 24-hour auto response, mm-hmm. and I just make sure I keep my integrity with the 24-hour yeah. response. And then people know to expect that you're going to message them mm-hmm. within that period. And yes. then they don't feel the need to micromanage <laughs> when you're responding because they know that you're going to keep your word on that timeline. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't have like even the notification number. Like I don't have no, So I have no idea if I have a new email until I go look at it because my piece That's is fine. worth it. Um, and then the other thing I'll say too is... I am very passionate about mental health for a couple of reasons. So one, I was a psychology major in undergrad, um, but also I've dealt with depression and suicide and grief. And I know what all three of those can, can, can happen. Um, and I, I like to share in my story that I tried to commit suicide at seven. Like there are children out here hurting. We can't pretend like, oh, well, you ain't got no bills. What's your problem? Like, no, our children need help too. Yeah. Our children need help and they may not be able to communicate everything that's going on. Um, but we have to give them grace to be able to say like, it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And to allow them the opportunity to express themselves. Um, and I recently had, um, three of my nieces and nephews and I had this conversation with my niece. I was like, listen, you have a right to be sad. It's okay. And you can cry if that's how you feel. I had to tell her, you're not going to scream in my house. I did have to have that conversation. I said, listen, you can cry all day long, but you keep screaming and I'm a pop you. But just being able to have that conversation with children and be able to say like, it's okay. Like to, to have, because the reality is mental health is everybody has mental health. 
Mm-hmm. Just like everybody has physical health. Yeah. Just, and I, the reality is, if you got into a car accident and refused to go to the doctor, they would probably lock you up in the insane asylum. Yeah. But a lot of us have car accidents in our life and then want to act like going to the, the mental health doctor is not okay for whatever reason. Like, you have to have a self-care routine that includes putting a priority on your mental health. Journaling. Um, exercise is, is a good form of uh, mental health because the endorphins benefit your brain and your mood overall. So putting your putting things in place that work for you Um, because self-care is about yourself. I can't tell you what your self-care needs to be. I can give you options. I can give you things to explore and figure it out, help you work through it. But you have to have a self-care plan in place that helps you be a better you. And our community is dealing with so much PTSD. It would be ludicrous of us to feel like we can't benefit from therapy especially as black women we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders so at a minimum take one hour a week to put the bag down yeah it's true because like i've been saying on my wall like i'm like yo trauma is real and i'm like that's why y'all responses might be even more Mm -hmm. elevated because you're not even realizing one what you viewed this week and or or what you viewed your whole life or experienced yeah. your whole life, and then also as an entrepreneur, you are taking a lot of stuff on a daily basis in general. And I wish um, the self care part was put on a higher platform within our. It's not sexy to talk about um, and on, on like the social media platform, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and when you do, then people think that you something is wrong. And I'm just, like, I tell people, I get it out, so it don't stay in. Hello. Like, I like every time I'm sharing something that may seem difficult for you to think to share. That's restoring my humanity because mm-hmm. what happens with mental health is that we we can isolate and feel like no one can understand, or we're in this by ourselves. Or how can I do this, you know, do it again or whatever self-talk that we may have um, is just really having that conversation with ourselves uh, and being okay. Like I even, I do have a journal every day. I try to put, I'm writing it and sometimes I'll write, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's something that God is working through me at this point in my life, um, because as I've transitioned into the light of motivational speaker and, and the, the the expectations that come with that um, and the people expect you to be happy. People expect you to be in a good mood and people expect you to be motivating and uplifting and, you know, all of the things. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not okay today. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a human too. <laughs> You know, so like that's one of the things that that I've been dealing with um, more recently is understanding that I can still serve people. I can still be there for people. I can still support the, the betterment of others. And I can still go to my circle and say, like, today's not a good day. Yeah. And there are people in my close circle who love me enough to step in when I'm not okay. Yeah. And that, um, having faith in that. So, cause it's one of those scenarios where when you're used to being there for everybody, you think no one's there for you. 
But I've had to realize, like, no. I mean, people may not notice when I'm not okay because everyone has their own lives. But anytime I go to somebody I'm close to and tell them I'm not in a good space, they show up for me. Yeah. So all I have to do is wave the white flag and say, listen, I need you to check in, and boom, they're there. Yeah, and I think that that's super important for women, people of color, entrepreneurs to understand because when I feel that strength, what so I feel like strength and weakness are interchanged. Mm. Like they're collapsed because people feel like just acting like things that aren't going on and everything is fine is being strong. Yeah. And when that's not the case. The case. It takes strength to actually expose yourself yeah. where then weakness is like embracing your feelings. So I feel like it overlaps itself and when you have that as a consensus as a community or a society, because it's not really just even one community, but definitely as a society, then that's when mental health isn't even addressed, it's not even noticed mm-hmm. because when when someone is really going through something, people are shocked because they're thinking that, wow, nothing ever happens to you. But the reason why people think that is because you never show her or show anyone that something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it, it really does collapse because I feel like sometimes people are like, I can't trust nobody. I can't. I'm like, no, you created that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I'm going through now is recognizing that I did create that that environment where everybody assumes I'm okay because I was waiting for people to poke and probe and are you sure you're okay are you sure are you sure um and so when I say I'm good people are like "Hmm, oh she's always good cool (laughs) no problem and so now that I'm a holding myself accountable right yeah and going back and saying like not necessarily going back to past issues, but as moments arise, I've recognized I need to self-advocate because I've been putting on the superhero cake for so long that people expect me to be okay because that's the image I've portrayed. Yeah. And so now it's my responsibility to communicate when I'm not okay. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And I appreciate you sharing that. I do want to ask you, so like, um, it's not a smooth segue, but I really yeah. wanted to like the end. So I wanted to know, like, in the next five years, what would you like to? Where would you like to see your brand? <laughs> this question is always really tricky for me because um, I feel like a lot of times we give too little credit to one-year goals and too much credit to five-year goals. So a lot of the things that I could say in the next five years are actually beginning to work out through 2021. And so it's hard for me to answer that. What I will say is um, in this moment, I am working towards 
um, expanding my coaching services. Um, so in 2021, I'll be developing a coaching program where I'll be able to hire coaches and teach them processes and make sure that they're um, efficient so I can help more people. Um, because I, I can only help but so many people, right? I only have a yeah. certain number of bandwidth. Um, my nonprofit is expanding. We do our annual Loving Me conference in September. Um, but starting in 2021, we're looking into a, a Loving Me tour. Um, so that's uh, something that's really exciting. Um, my podcast in 2021 will be going from seasonal, which it was this in 2020, um, but going into a all year round podcast in 2021. So that's exciting. Um, with the nonprofit, uh, me and my business partner are looking to secure financing so that we can get on payroll. Yeah, because we've been working for for free for a while. Um, shout yeah. out to Jay, my business partner. He's been holding me down, but uh, we're looking for payroll for not only us, but to be able to hire an admin. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many things I could see it going. Um, I hope to continue as a motivational speaker. Um, all that fun stuff, but it's really hard for me to say five, 10 years from now, because I don't know where God's going to take this. Um, and I try to view God as like, my real business, like not that my business partner ain't my business partner, but I look at God as my business partner and I, I try to make sure that I'm doing what he wants for me um, and not yeah. just doing things because it feels like I want to do it. Um, yeah. So it's really hard for me to say what five years from now is when he hasn't given me that vision. Um, but I'm an, I'm a take action kind of person. So what I've learned, how God speaks to me is he'll give me two to three steps ahead. Um, and, and I've heard a pastor say that God will either give you the big picture or the steps to get there, never both. Um, and it's because he wants you to rely on him. So from that perspective, I very often get the steps to get there. And then one day I look up and I'm like, Oh, that's what we was working. That's the puzzle we were working on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, so, you know, from that lens, it's really hard for me to say five, 10 years from now, but I can tell you what 2020 and 2021 will look like. That's all I got. <laughs> you know, and like, even for myself, I, I like the question because some people are like really clear. Like I, I don't always, well, no, most times I don't know the steps, mm. but I, I feel like, so here's something I used to always tell my mom. I was like, watch, um, I'm going to work for a corporation because I actually went to school for business management for, for hospitality focus. Okay. So a lot of people thought because I love to cook and things of that nature that I was actually going to be a chef. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I I love cooking. I'm going to work it's for this corporation yeah. and grow this, you know, grow some company and I'll live overseas and then I'll start with my hobby occupation or whatever. And my mom then was because uh, she passed away in two years ago. And so one day, like before she passed, like a couple of months before she passed, she was like, Jesse, you remember you used to say um, that you were going to have this corporation at some point and this, that, and the other. And she's like, look at you now. And I was like, man, that's so true. Like we can have these visions. <laughs> like, I, like God will say, I don't necessarily feel confident when it comes to public speaking. I don't necessarily feel confident when it comes to putting certain things out there. Like this kind of stuff isn't something that's natural to me. But when it's like exposed, if I do it, I do it. I'm like, I'll keep falling forward and learning along the way. Um, But that's where 
having allowing him to expose what he is he wants to have offered for you but having the courage to follow even though you don't know those steps like that's pivotal like I have a vision board like me on this I've had every time I always have a vision board of me talking on the stage never yet I'm like how am I gonna do this this is not what I want to do I just like let me run a business behind the scenes (laughs) and but every time like even in this COVID world and all of these different things going on it's like little signs of what he put in my heart years ago keeps showing up. And I think that that's very important for business owners is your phone sounding too mine's low. So I'm like, hard <laughs> battery. I know that life. Like, yes. come on, battery stick it. Hold it up. Yeah, we're um, on the charger now. We're good. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think it's important for entrepreneurs to just not be committed but also be flexible Mm -hmm. because I've seen people be committed for something to look a certain way. And because they aren't flexible to that vision, then they don't allow themselves to really grow in the way that they're intended to grow. And I will just add to that by saying you cannot let your purpose become submitted to your personality. Mm. And what I, mean by that is I'm very shy. I'm very introverted. I'm incredibly shy. And every time I have ever spoken on a stage, it's literally to the point where like, y'all see me in black, right? It's for a reason. (laughs) Like, like, Listen, I I be sweating through clothes and the whole nine yards and I get so nervous, but I, in that moment, I don't feel it because I'm walking in purpose. Yeah. I can't allow me being uncomfortable or shy or any, or even afraid to stop me from doing the things that I was called to do because the reality is God doesn't just put stuff on your heart for no reason. There's somebody connected to your purpose that is waiting on you to do the thing that you knew you should have done a long time ago, and you never know who that person is. And it may not even be somebody in the audience. Maybe it's the fact that someone needs to see what's possible. Like, I still have a picture from my first book release party where my niece, nephew, and sister were in the room. I was showing them it's possible to chase your dreams. It's one thing to hear it. It's a whole nother thing to see someone who looks like you that's connected to you do it. So, and then on top of that, the the people that I've touched, the lives that I've connected with, the stories that I've heard in response to mine, like you never know who is supposed to be connected to your purpose. And it's honestly selfish to not chase that dream because of the person that's waiting on the other end of it. But you're going to be afraid. Honestly, I've learned to view fear as confirmation that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But you can't allow the fear to stop you. It is simply an emotion, just like love and happy and sad and crying. And like all of those other emotions communicate something. Fear is a communication tool, but it doesn't have to be a roadblock. And that ties back into stop trying to outwork Jesus because I've find that a lot of times that it's because we're trying to figure out how we do it and not 
allow because like when all of this stuff kinds of like when different types of life situations occur we're like oh i need to do more i need to reach out to this one person i gotta do both you know like i gotta do 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 and or we disqualify ourselves I'm just this person. Why would they want to work with me? I don't have this amount of da da. You know, like we, we we either try to do it on our own or we discourage ourselves to actually allow him to do the work for us, which is still us trying to outwork or be the Jesus of our lives. Like exactly. if we could do it ourselves, then we I was telling a friend actually the last couple Sunday recently, I was Ah, this weekend, I was with a friend, and I was talking to her, and I was like, one day when we realize what we really are wanting is small compared to what he can actually do, that is free. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is, I have not, again, I'm not a Bible scholar, Read the Bible at your own free will. But I have yet to see an example where someone was blessed and it didn't require their participation. Yes, he can bless you just because. But very commonly, you got to do your part. And it's not because you he needs you to do your part. I, I believe it's because he needs to see that you're willing to do your part. And then he'll bless it. Or that you have faith that, or yeah. you just have faith. Like that's, I think that that's even part of the works. And it's like, um, because someone can actively be doing something, but not believing that, Yeah. you know, so it's like, it's, it's just really, even, yeah, it is definitely both because if like when all this stuff went down to me, like for me, like business, like abruptly stopped March 12th. Like, a week before St. Patty's Day, I was about to be popped. I was like, yeah, St. Patty's Day. <laughs> you know, it's in the mid-planner. We know, like, okay, St. Patty's, then we're going to have some Mother's Day. Then we're going to have pool party season. It's turn. It slows down August. And then September to December, you just hold in and hold strong till you get to the end of the month. Yeah. I mean, end of the year. And then for things to just change um, and everything get canceled, I was just like, okay, well, God's going to work it out. Mm-hmm. We still were doing calls, and I'm like, we're, we're just going to be in action, seeing how that works. But in that time, we were able to figure out a new process. We've been able to get new business in other areas. Mm-hmm. I was even able to get approved for that loan, which was better than the loans I was going to actually apply for anyway this year for the business. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want what I want. Heck, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me your plan, please. Yeah, I'm like, this is working out a ton better than anything. Yeah. I mean, the whole high intensity anxiety is stressful, but you know, like, I'm just trying to make it a January 1st about anxiety attack at this point. But it's just like keeping keeping present, though, yeah. to like, I, I always, like, recently, I don't know why, is um the story of Paul just been coming mm. up, the story of Acts. Like, we were just in Acts um, in my Bible study fellowship class. And, like, when we got to the last book, the last verse, and it, or, like, the last book of Acts, and it was talking about Paul going to Rome and how all of these things work together. I, I was, like, I dropped my pen. I was, like, this was all intentional. I'm, like, he got arrested. He went through all these different things. He was on a boat with this person, had this person betrayed him. 
all yeah. that, and it just kept saying the word is spread, the word is spread, the gospel spread, the gospel spread, and then, but you just need to get to Rome. Yeah. That, that's the British version you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got to Rome, and he lived his good life. Yeah. And it's like, if we could allow ourselves to have that kind of faith, yeah. and have that kind of belief, even when it don't look the same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think one thing COVID has taught a lot of business owners is if you cannot pivot, you will not make it. No one could have predicted that COVID was coming um, or that it was going to shut down the world. Right. But the businesses that are doing well are the businesses that pivoted. Yeah. So. It, even in my business, for, so for my nonprofit, we were planning our inaugural women's empowerment event in March, right? And the 24 hours before we were supposed to host it, the library called and said, or sent an email, I'm sorry, <laughs> didn't even get a phone call, sent an email saying that we can no longer host the event there. Wow. 24 hours before. I'm like, okay, what are we supposed to do? Um... So what we ended up doing is we ended up, so everyone who paid for a ticket got a free upgrade to our three-day conference in September for Loving Me, right? But then also we were like, let's just put together a virtual workshop for so, so we can still have women's empowerment. So at the end of March, we pulled all the speakers together on Zoom um, and had held a virtual workshop. That ability to pivot, and we did that one for free because we were like, I just want you to have information. Um, but that ability to pivot has led to now our nonprofit is doing free virtual workshops every month and granted they're free. So like, you know, okay. But it's the ability to say like, yes, this moment is difficult, but how can I move forward and how can I change for the better? Yeah. You see what I mean? So it's, it's all about your mindset really um because COVID is happening to all of us yeah the question is how are you responding to it and that's what's making or breaking the scenario for example plenty of movie theaters are going bankrupt right now but what a hell of a pivot if they would have done drive if they would have brought back the concept of drive-through theaters yeah. It would have been the only date option. You can go pick up your food at the restaurant that's offering to go only and then come to the movie theater and watch in your car. But all of the movie theaters just decided to stay closed. Yeah. They decided so to have a hissy fit and say, well, we're not open. Okay, but maybe you could have done something different and then you would have actually been succeeding in this market because you would have been the only date we could have. That's the only, that would have been the only date night option other than inviting someone to your home. And if I'm not comfortable with you in my house yet, you know, because we're still getting to know each other, I can go sit a couple hours in the car with you and now we can talk, we can get to know each other. I don't have to worry about messing up anybody else's experience. All of that. We can sit there, have dinner, watch a movie, boom. Now we have a real date and you've just benefited your industry. Yeah. Instead, movie theater, all... All of the chains just decided to say, hmm, we're good. It's very true. Like, what? That's a heads up. I have on here that we have 57, minutes, 57 seconds before it shuts off. This is new. Oh, wow. Okay, okay Instagram. They're getting fancy. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. No, I appreciate it. It was good. I, I was like, I wanted to keep going, and all of a sudden it came 
about that. You got two minutes remaining, and it's still hard. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to expect. This is new. Is that yeah. like giving me a timeline? See, that's and not like, the no, pivot we were talking about, Instagram. <laughs> no, not Instagram. You shady. It's been shady. Forever shady. It's all good. But thank you so very much. I'm going to make sure this goes on IGTV if it allows me to do that. Um, and I'll tag you so then that way people can be able to find out more about you. I'm going to put her handle in there. So if you follow this whole time that you'll be able to actually follow. So thank you thank very much. You. And I hope you have an amazing day, Tara. You too. Bye.